Uh, it is good to be with you. We are in our second week of a new series. Uh, we're breaking down Daniel. Last week we talked about Daniel chapter 1, and we're going to just kind of go through uh, Daniel over the next several weeks. And um, I really feel like this is extremely important for the season that we're in. How many of you know that, that, that God, he gives you things based on the season you're in? And right now we know that that there are a lot of things going on in the world right now, and uh, not just in the nation, in the world. There are things that are going on, and I think that for a lot of, the, the way that the enemy works is he either deceives you, he keeps you, tries to keep you ignorant. Uh, he tries to keep you not, not really aware of what's going on. And so you don't really know to fight, you don't really know to pray, you don't really know to use your faith, right? And so for me, I feel like the Lord has told me it's time to sound the alarm. It's time to let the church know that this is their time. This is their, this is their opportunity to show, to show the world that I am a supernatural God. Amen. How many of you know that God is supernatural? That God is not a natural God. Okay, am I in a library again? Y'all can talk back to me. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. Clap your hands real quick so we can get, make sure we don't give the golf claps. All right, just, there, you, there you go. If you want to glorify God, just, just let him have it. All right, no golf claps. You can be loud in this place this morning. Uh, if you would, turn your Bibles with me to Daniel chapter 2. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about the king this morning of, the, of King Nebuchadnezzar. We talked a little bit about him last week and how that, that Daniel resisted certain things. And I want to show you some different things in this one because I believe it's so applicable for today. Um, Daniel was a prophetic uh, book in the scriptures. In fact, a lot of the, enti- the entire, almost all the book is actually a prophetic, uh, uh, it was prophecy for today. And so we're living in the prophecy of Daniel today. We are, how many of you know that Jesus is closer today than he was last week? <laughs> Amen? Like Jesus is on his way back to get his church. Come on, if you are a part of that church, that should be something we should celebrate. We don't think a lot about that until we go to a funeral, and then we start thinking about eternity. But I want you to know that Jesus is coming back for a church, spotless bride. Amen? And it is my job and my assignment to help you be prepared for that. It is my job and my goal to make you look forward to Jesus coming back. Amen? Some of us got to get our lives cleaned up, and we need to get our acts right, because it's it is our assignment that is at stake right now, right? Like Jesus wants to use us to reach the world. There are a lot of people who don't know Jesus that are around you. And if you would begin to live your life like Daniel did, there would be people who would begin to experience Jesus. All right, now I got quiet. Okay, cool. So Daniel chapter 2, if you're into titles, write this down. Babylon needs you. Write this down. Babylon needs you. The world, if you would just exchange that word Babylon for the world or your world, your world needs you. America needs you. Babylon needs you. You realize that right now where we may feel like we are not needed, where we may feel invaluable, that is exactly what the enemy wants you to believe, is that you have nothing to offer the world. But I want want to show you something in Scripture that it just totally scratches that out and it shows you that Babylon needs you. The world, America, your family, your friends, they need you. Amen? That's exciting news. I like to be needed. And I believe that God has put something in me and God has put something in you that the world needs. And we're going to find that out here in a moment. Amen? So in Daniel chapter 2 verse 1 it says, One night during the second year of, the, of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such 
a disturbing dream that he couldn't sleep. This is not the kind of dream that's like, I had bad pizza. This is a, a, in a demonic spirit tormenting him. Even though he's evil, an evil spirit, that's how evil spirits are. They are so evil that they will torment you even when you're serving them. Okay, cool. So he called in his magicians, his enchanters, his sorcerers, and astrologers, everybody he could get. He tried to get them to come. And he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed. As they stood before the king, he said, I have, a, I have had a dream. This isn't a dream like Martin, Martin, you know, Martin Luther. He said, I had a dream that deeply troubles me, and I must know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, long live the king. Tell us the dream, and we will tell you what it means. But the king said to the astrologers, I am serious about this. Should have been an exclamation mark there, but just a period. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you will be torn from limb from, from limb to limb, and your houses will be burned into heaps of trouble. Uh, into heaps, heaps, sorry, my Bible's like, it's in the crease. Heaps of rubble. You'll be in trouble. <laughs> but if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I will give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it never returns void. It always accomplishes what it's sent out to do. So, Lord, I thank you right now, God, that your word would fall in our hearts, God, that it would challenge, it would change, it would encourage, it would equip us, God, to live out our lives for you. We thank you and we praise you, God, for the spirit that lives within us, God, the Holy Spirit, the empowering spirit, the helper, the comforter, the empowerer. And, Lord, I thank you that as you equip us this morning, God, that you would allow us to be able to make you more famous today than you were yesterday. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. So, so Babylon needs you, right? So Babylon, the world, it doesn't have answers for Babylon. What we see in this is that the world doesn't have answers for the world. Babylon doesn't have answers for Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar, even as a king, does not have an answer that he is the king of. And so a lot of times we have to understand that the world does not have answers for the problems that we are facing. But you do have answers because of who lives on the inside of you. There is a Holy Spirit. Some of you have yet to introduce yourself to him, and he's not fully been able to meet you and show you what he's capable of. But in here, we're going to begin to see what the Holy Spirit is capable of if you will surrender your life, and you will let, you will let the Holy Spirit flow through your life, right? See, see, Babylon needs you because Babylon doesn't know what it needs. Babylon needs you, and so... So here we see in 1 through 13, I'm going to continue on. It says, they said, again, please, your majesty, tell us the dream, and we will tell you what it means. They, even those that are professionals, don't know how to help him. Let me just say this. There are professionals out in the world that don't know how to help the problems in the world. There are professional whatever. They don't know how to help the world. They think they can. They think they might know, but they don't know. We live in a system that is limited in its ability, but we serve a king who comes from an unlimited realm. Amen? We live and we serve a king that is not subject to Babylon. 
We have to understand that right now we are living in an era, we are living in a time where Babylon has tried to play the card and tried to say that they're the smartest, they're the wisest, but there is coming a point where now Babylon doesn't look so good. Babylon doesn't look so smart, and now is the time for the church to arise. Now is the time for the church to be the church, to function and flow in the supernatural, and to be what it's called to be, amen? And so we see here, we see the king replied, I know what you're doing. You're stalling for time because you know I am serious when I say, if you don't tell me the dream, you are doomed. So you have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I will change my mind. But tell me the dream and then I will know that you can tell me what it means. The astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. Did you hear what he said? No one on earth. See, this is why we have to be really careful with serving things of this world. Because there are not solutions for supernatural problems in the earth. And then he goes on and says, the king's king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream. This is getting real good. And then they, and it says, and they do not live here among people. The king was furious when he heard this and he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. Is this not like the world? If you can't give me the solution, you're not needed. If you you can't benefit me, I don't need you. This is how the world system works. And here's what I want you to know. First point, we're going straight in. Here's the point. There is a spirit in you that Babylon needs. There is a spirit in you that Babylon needs. And what does that mean? I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the wise counselor, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, lives on the inside of you. The one that created the earth lives on the inside of you. So I would think that the one that has the answers living on the inside of you could help bring solutions to a world that is broken. Humanity is broken right now. But how many of you know, and a lot of us, we look at our lives and we lot look, we're broken. We are broken people. But you being broken does not eliminate your ability for God to use you. In fact, that is how God gets glory is through broken vessels, through broken people. And what we do is we allow the enemy to be louder because of our own brokenness to eliminate and to expire our capacity to reach and love people. Right now, there, are, there is a spirit working against you and I. But I want you to know that there is a spirit within us that overrides that spirit. And this is so important. You see, Babylon, it it is so needed because it it wants you to serve it. Babylon wants you to serve it. Right right now we see Babylon needs you in a different way. But really, Babylon needs you. And it's not until you and I subject ourselves and surrender ourselves to God that we actually realize that this is what God brought me into this situation for. There are... Let me just say this. I feel this. There are situations and there are circumstances that you are in right now that you have looked and you have asked God, God, why am I in this situation? God, why am I facing this problem? Why am I having to be threatened? I didn't do anything wrong. Daniel didn't do anything wrong. Daniel, they brought Daniel out of a system and brought him into Babylon. And Daniel's just trying to serve God in it. And there are a lot of you who are wondering, why am I put in this situation? Why am I in this circumstance? Why am I having to face this? Because of the spirit in you. 
There are people that need to see what happens when a man or a woman is surrendered to God and what comes out of it. I thought I'd get a few more amens than that because a lot of you are down and out because you don't know why you're having to go into it. You're about to have to go into it to expose to them the real spirit, the spirit of God that is alive and well. Amen? See, the job, the problem is all because God is trying to position you. He was using this situation to to bring glory to himself. Right now, you may be in situations and you're like, what is going on? It is simply to bring God to the forefront. And God right now is working out some things. We look at our world and we were a Christian, a strong Christian nation 60 years ago. We're about 4 to 7% Christian today. We are post-Christian. So, so where, we would be, where, where we would be a strong Christian nation, that is no longer the case. Why is it? Is it because there are less Christians? I don't believe so. I think that there are a lot of Christians who don't believe that it is their time to, to be the church, to be Jesus Christ on the earth. And this is our time. This is it. This is where we have to step up and say, okay, I'll answer the question. I'll, I'll give you the dream. I'll give you the interpretation. I mean, there is something in me that knows the answer. See, Babylon doesn't value life. We see here. Babylon doesn't value life unless you can add value to them. This is how that spirit works. Unless you can benefit me, I will not benefit you. You do not benefit me. And this is the system. This is what's working. And so unless you, you will never feel valuable unless you can add value in Babylon. The, The moment that these astrologers and all the people he called on couldn't produce, what did he do? I'm taking them out. I'm killing them. I'm eliminating them. Does this not sound like corporate America? Hey, if you can't get me this resolution, I don't need you. It's the spirit of Babylon functioning in the world at a high capacity. Because if you can't produce for me, I don't need you. And so here we see where I'm showing you this stuff so that you can recognize when you're up against a King Nebuchadnezzar in the world. Because if you don't realize what you're up against, you will never, you, you'll be like, oh man, this is something. You will see a fleshly person instead of the spirit behind them. How do you know the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers, spiritual darkness, all those things. Behind the person, there is a spirit. And we can get mad at people or we can realize there's a spirit functioning behind them, working. And it is important to how I respond because it's how I use my faith and my spirit will determine how I can fix this situation. See, the supernatural here is unveiled. And on, it, this is, in verse 11, it says, and this is an impossible situation. Right? Most of us, when we see an impossible situation, what do we do? We move away and it's just like it's impossible. This is where the church should step in and say, there's an impossible situation? Did you say that? And this is where it is our time. When there are impossible, anybody got any impossible situations in your workplace, in your family, in your situations, whatever. If you've got some impossible situations, this is your time. Because this is where God gets the glory is in impossible situations. See, the supernatural is, in, is unveiled through these, these impossible situations. The Bible says, is there anything impossible for me? That's what, that's what Jesus asked. Is there anything impossible for me? So what may be impossible 
is very possible with the God that you serve. See, we see here that what you're loyal to is, it becomes what you depend on in adversity. What you are loyal to is oftentimes based on, whenever adversity hits, you find out what you're most loyal to, right? Whenever, whenever you have a driving down the road and you're, you get a flat, right, or you run out of gas, in adversity, you find out who's your loyal folks. It's those people. That's who you call, right? You like you call them. Hey, man, I need you to come and don't tell anybody because I ran out of gas and uh, this is my fifth time. But I can always count on you. You know those loyal people. It's in adversity we find out who we're loyal to. And in adversity right now, there is a lot of adversity going on in the world right now. And right now, we are finding out who we are loyal to. In this moment, this is what is happening. Adversity is happening, and they are having to find out. Nebuchadnezzar is finding out who is the most loyal to me. And we begin to see this unveil. And, and adversity, a lot of times, is something we try to skirt away and we try to move away from. But adversity will expose your obedience to God or Babylon. Obedience is, is exposing who we, none of us, let me, let me just quiet down for a moment and say this. None of us are going to say we are loyal to Babylon. None of us. But many of us are loyal to Babylon. Many of us are more loyal to our careers and our jobs and our safety nets than we are to the God that we serve. I'm not saying that in a negative connotation. I'm saying that you have to be aware of what you're loyal to so that you can remove your loyalty to it. If you, if you have to, 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 to constantly push God out of your life to serve the company you live with, the, the, the company you go to, you need to change your loyalty. If you can't talk about Jesus because the friends that you serve don't like that name, you need to change your loyalty. See, this is what I'm saying is a lot of times we think, oh, man, we love God. Do they have to, do they silence you? And I saw this in the spirit this morning that there was someone just grabbing the throat of a person, trying to silence them. And I want you to know that this is the time for the Lion of Judah to roar. This is the time for us as believers to say, you know what, I am a believer. I am not ashamed. I will stand up. I will do what you've called me to do, God. Even when it comes to adversity in my life, I will stand up and I will speak to the spirit of this world because there is a spirit in me that has the answer for the problem that you have. See, you cannot apologize for serving Jesus. It is time for us as believers not to get the crazy t-shirts that say, I serve Jesus. Let's just leave the shirts alone. But live it because you just live that life. That people know, man, whenever, whenever, they, whenever they are doing whatever they do, their faith is so evident. It is so exposed. Do people know? Let me ask you this question. Do people at your work know that you love Jesus? Yes. Not just like kind of like, I mean, you know, I mean, like I'm, he might go to church or she might be a Christian. That's a problem. It is getting quiet in here. But right, this is a reality that we have to face because this is what I'm saying is Babylon wants to silence you. Babylon wants to tell you, hey, you can be radical at church on Sunday and raise your hands and shout to Jesus, but don't do it on Monday. And this spirit is working. As you can tell, I have got a righteous indignation right now. 
Because I refuse to allow the spirit of Babylon to be louder than the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have to be bold about how we live. I'm not saying that you stand on your chairs at work and say, I'm a believer. Don't do that. And if you do, don't tell them you go to reach church. Just live your life with faith and people will see that you serve Jesus. I mean, if you can cuss along with your coworkers like you, there's a problem. Right? I mean, if you can intermingle, remember what Babylon means, mixture? If you can mix in on Monday with the coworker that doesn't serve Jesus, there's a problem. See, we have to raise the standard of what it is to be a believer, to be. We want supernatural things, but we don't live our lives according to that. Right? See, it's, we've got to understand adversity is exposing a lot. When the pandemic hit, it exposed a lot about our faith. It exposed a lot about the condition of the church. The American church is growing, but until a pandemic hits. See, we have to be really careful about how our faith is. See, we have a lot of times we can have fake faith, and you don't need faith until you need it. And so this is the time where we have to use our faith. I want you to know that there is a faith in you that's bigger than you may realize. I just have to encourage you for a moment. Don't allow, maybe you've moved back or you've stepped away for a moment, but it made you realize, it made you open up and be aware of the faith that you need. That's good news, right? You wouldn't know the faith you needed if you didn't go through the adversity that you've gone through. Amen? But I believe that there is a new level of faith. The church is rising up to a new level of faith. And out of that is going to come a supernatural sweep across America. That there are going to be things, there are going to be things that we talk about because of what we went through. Amen? See, those living in Babylon, they need a supernatural connection to a different king. This connection to this king didn't get what they needed. There is a supernatural connection that you and I get that Babylon needs. In verse 13, it says this. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. The problem is, when they found them, they found a different king. And this is the thing, is that when when people find you to ridicule and mock you and make fun of you and to, 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 to tear you down, do they find a different king in you? Because that's what really matters. It's not about what the world wants to do to you. It's about when the world gets to you, who do they find in you? Who do they find in you? Because there is a king wanting to roar on the inside of you and I that says, look, I understand how you feel and how you think. But see, I think that it's not just about us fighting and being aggressive as believers. It's also about us being compassionate and empathetic. When somebody who doesn't understand us and they come with a lifestyle, they come with a, an agenda and they come and you love them through it. It's like the king stands up on the inside of you and says, hey, I'm going to love you through this. It's not always about being aggressive. It's a lot of it. We see Jesus and how he addresses things. And he does it in love and compassion, but with truth. So there's a huge difference between just love and love and truth. You can't just give truth because that's how you really hurt people's feelings. It's love and truth. And this is where we have to be professionals as Christians, as believers, is be really, really good at love and truth. We can love people 
and share the truth. Right? Okay, we can't. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, I can give them truth. Oh, yeah. That's one thing we're really good at. We're really good at shooting our own people. But let's, let's go after Babylon. In verse 14, it says this. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill them, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion, love and truth. He asked Arioch, he didn't get offended, like, why are you trying to kill me? Like, he didn't get all in his he, wisdom and discretion. It's amazing how much you can get by with, with, with a question. Like, where are you coming from? Instead of telling them your opinion. How many people's lives have been changed on Facebook from your opinion? If that was the case, we would have a sweeping revival across Facebook. The problem is, it doesn't work that way. Your opinion does nothing except for probably you don't even know that you've been blocked. You're like, I'm going to give them an opinion. They blocked you like 15, 15 opinions ago. Like, I'll tell them. No, you won't, actually. Like, love and compassion, love and truth, wisdom and discretion. He asked Eric, why was the king issued, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? I love, don't you sense the spirit of Daniel here? Like, notice, like, it is a very serious situation that Daniel is facing, but you see there's a level of faith in him that's like, but, like, let's figure out what's going on. And so many of us, what happens if we don't have the level of faith that Daniel have, has, what do we do? We run in fear and worry, we react and we go crazy, and we don't get the result we should have gotten. See, there's something about when we have this faith in us, like Daniel. And he asked them, and he says, so Arioch told them all that had happened, and Daniel went out once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. Okay. Okay. You get what just happened here. Okay. All of the other astrologers and magicians and all of that asked for more time. He rebuked them. He says, no, I know what you're trying to do. Like, immediately reacts to them. And Daniel comes to him, says, hey, king, could we have a little more time? He's like, absolutely. You ever met one of those employees? It's like they go and then you, like, ask the same thing, and then they go and they get it. You're like, what the heck? Or you're a kid, and you're in here, and you're all upset at your parent because you gave one, <laughs> one parent gave, you know, whatever. It's like, how did you get that? Well, I just asked. I asked differently than you asked. <laughs> I mean, this is a great parenting lesson. Right here, or I should say for kids. But here we see Daniel asks the same thing. Why did he get a different answer? Here's the deal. Longest point I've ever had, faith gets favor. Faith gets favor. When you respond with faith, faith will get you favor. See, these other people responded in what? Fear. And they got no. Daniel came with faith. He got it. Yeah, sure. That would be great. Because there was, a fa- there was a faith. There was, understand, when Daniel was talking, someone else was talking to a different king. There was a different person. There was a spirit within Daniel talking to the king. And this is the king of kings. 
This is the Lord of Lords talking to a lower king, and that king had to subject himself. Here's the deal. is who's, Whenever someone is in control, God is still in control. Even when your boss is in control, God is really still in control. And this is so important for us to understand because faith gets favor. How many of you know, we all want favor, but when's the last time you and I have responded in faith to a very difficult situation? Your life is on the line. Faith gets favor. This is what happens. See, in verse 17, let me read the rest of this, and it says, it says uh, in verse 15, he, said, he asked him, and then he went on, and he requested more time. In verse 17, then Daniel went home and told his friends, Hanani, Michelle, and Azariah what had happened. He urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling him the secret. So they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. And he goes through this whole prayer, and I'll read it in a moment. Here's one thing I want you to know is that panic paralyzes, prayer produces. What we have to understand is all of these other people, they panicked. And what did they do? They paralyzed. Uh, uh, King, I don't don't know what to tell you. I I don't, uh, because this is what panic does. This is what the spirit of this world wants you to do is it wants to keep you in panic mode. How many of y'all, y'all are feeling full of faith? Go ahead, turn on CNN and Fox and MSNBC and find out how quick panic sets in. Because that's the spirit of this world. I think that, that, that we don't realize that. Do you realize that all the outlet media things, all the information we're getting is coming from a spirit of this world? It comes from a certain spirit. And so what does it do? It's built to produce fear in us. That's why the pandemic probably could have been only two months old or two weeks old, but because we responded, the entire world responded in fear because it was fear-based. And so we have to be like, okay, this is the spirit. The spirit is working. It's creating fear in me. And whenever it creates fear in me, it creates a response out of me. And fear creates panic, and panic paralyzes you. But prayer, notice what he says. He says, hey, immediately his response is, let's go pray. In other words, what he's saying is, Daniel, even a man of God that he is, did not have the answer, so he sought God to get the answer. In other words, you and I don't have the answers necessarily, but we have a God that does. There are situations and there are circumstances that you and I are having to deal with right now, and if you would begin to go to prayer things would begin to get produced out of your life. Things would begin to happen. Things would begin to shift. Circumstances would begin to turn. And it is so important for us to understand that not respond out of panic. To say, okay, I need faith in this moment. i got to respond in faith. See, those under the, Babylon, the system of, of Babylon need the wisdom of heaven that is within you and I. This is what we see in this. That the spirit of Babylon needs the wisdom that you have. I know a lot of you think, I know because human, we as humans, we always downplay how smart we are. Except for the really ones that aren't smart, they always think they're the smartest, you know. You know those people, yeah. I'm really smart, okay, cool. Just shake your head, yes. All right, awesome. But there is a wisdom on the inside of you and me that so many times we downplay. And this is, the, this is what I want to tell you that 
start using that wisdom. Start depending on the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to give you wisdom, to give you discernment, to give you, to give you discretion, to give you love, to give you truth. So that you don't have to go into a world and respond and say, I don't know. I believe that, that there is so much wisdom sitting in this room that if we would begin to believe it, there would be things that would begin to shift in our families, in our workplaces, in, our, in, in, our, in our, all of our relationships. Things would begin to shift because you'd be able to respond a completely different way. See, you remain limited the moment you depend on Babylon. I want you to understand this morning that, that the spirit of Babylon wants to keep you dependent on it. Because the, as long as you need it, as long as you depend on it, you need it. You need it. You, you crave it. You desire it. We talked a little bit about that last week, that you begin to consume it. You begin to crave it because of the appetite of it. But you have to resist that stuff so that you can have what God wants you to have. See, Babylon offers a life that it simply cannot provide for you. Safety and security and stability. Really. I mean, no matter who gets in presidency, they can promise you the world. Church, they don't have it. There is one king that has it. His name is Jesus Christ. And he and he alone is the only one that we will ever, ever need to fully, truly rely and depend on. Amen? But Babylon wants to tell you, hey, I've got it. If you, if you do this, NASDAQ will stay at this, at this state. It won't. The NASDAQ will go back down. The economy will do something different. Babylon wants to tell you, hey, hey, this is, this is, it is stable. We are good here. But I want you to know that, that Babylon can't produce what it's trying to tell you it can produce. And this is what happens is when you don't fully understand and when you are convinced that it's going to provide for you, you begin to become dependent on it. And like you need it. I mean, I've got to go to this. And I've got if we would just begin to serve Jesus, we would probably have to work less, think less, and do a lot less because Jesus would be working for us. That was way better. See, Daniel and, and, his, and, his, and his friends, they resisted dependency on Babylon. And they, resi- and they resisted it, and they, what did they do? They stayed connected to their source. The source that provided for them in chapter 1 is the same God that's going to provide for them in chapter 2. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to ruin the story. If you read all through, as long as you stay connected to the real source, the real king, God's going to come through. I'll just move into another book. But that's the next book is going to talk about the same thing. As long as you stay connected to the king of the kings, you will get what you need. I didn't say what you want. I said what you need. This is the God that we serve. See, God uses us. This is what I love. God uses us to expose a wrong heart. In verse verse 30, It says, and it is not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secret of your dream, but because God wants you to understand what is in your heart. See, God is using us as believers to expose someone else's dependency on Babylon that they didn't know was there. But when you live your life by faith, and when you live your life by the will and the purpose and the plan of God, 
people realize and they begin to see, man, I don't understand how they're, how they're getting where they're getting. Because I should be above them. I should be ahead of them. I have seen that in my life for so long that as I've surrendered to God, God would, would move me up into certain things. And I'll always be full because I'm not smarter than them. I definitely can't communicate better than them. But how come God moves me? Because I've constantly tried to depend on God. And I just think, where would you and I be if we fully, truly depended on God and not our company and not our circumstances and not our situations so that we could show other people what's really going on in their heart? There are some people that they need their heart exposed so they can find the real king. They need you to trust him so that they can see and realize, man, I've been serving the wrong king the whole time. In verse 27, it goes on, and Daniel replied, there are no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. This is him, he's telling the king this. He says, but, There is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now I will in the visions you saw as you lay on your bed. And he begins to go through and he begins to tell him his dream that he didn't tell him. Because there is a God in Daniel that knows about his dream. See, a lot of times, this is the power of the supernatural, is that you're able to release something that somebody knows what's going on in their heart and in their life and in their situation, that because you're connected to that king, you can respond to them. So here's the thing. In verse 27, we see this all through this, is this, is that faith lived publicly reveals God openly. If you will begin to live your faith openly, God will begin to be revealed openly. So we begin to live publicly. Our faith is lived out. I believe that this is such a time. I believe that I truly sense this, that there is a, there is a rising of faith, that, that believers are going to be more outspoken, more intentional about loving and being intentional on how they're living their lives. How many of you know that the, the, the lure of Babylon is tempting? It is. It is tempting. It is, it is easy to fall into that category of just just falling prey and being comforted. But I believe that there is a time where it's like, okay, we, we've got to start stepping up and living our faith openly and publicly because they need to know who this Jesus is. See, and, and then it goes on and says this, while your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events and he who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. And it is not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secret of your dream, but because God wants you to understand what is in your heart. And see, we see this, this is where I love that Daniel did not take credit. Daniel did not take credit for what was going on. He says, actually, I didn't do this, no magician could do this, it was God and God alone. We have to be really careful when we serve Jesus not to get to take the glory for what he's doing through our lives. Because that's what that spirit of Babylon will do. It'll want you to, hey, you should, man, you take glory. And you will find yourself like King Nebuchadnezzar. You get what you get from the king you're surrendered to. You and I need to know that these other people that were serving the king got what they got, which was nothing in the end. Had it not been for Daniel, these men would have been dead. 
Had it not been for Daniel and the men that were willing to pray and seek God, these men would have died. This is just a side note, but this, this is about you and I living our lives that we can literally preserve other people's lives because of how we choose to live ours. In verse 49, and I'm closing, it says this, Then King Nebuchadnezzar threw himself down. Let me just say this real quick before I get into that. So this dream was a statue. And the statue was made of different metals. And it was gold. And then it went from gold to bronze. And then went from bronze to iron. And then when it went from iron to iron and clay. Now what I want you to see is to see where we're at it today. So the gold head of the statue. Some of you are like, I don't really care about this. But you will in a moment. That, that gold head was Babylon. That was Babylon. And then... The bronze chest was the, was the era of Persia. And then it went to iron, which was the, Greek, Greek, the Greco empire. And then there was like feet, and there was another metal, and that was Rome. Why I'm telling you that is now we are in the stage of the iron and clay, the feet. We are living in the last days if we've ever lived in the last days. This is why I believe it's so important for us to be intentional on the king that we serve. And and it's interesting that it's made of iron and clay because it looks like iron. It looks strong until something hits it. Until, Until a pandemic hits it, it shatters. And this is the time where we have to say, okay, God, no mixture in me. God, I will not mix my life with Babylon. I will not get my convictions. I will not get my values. I will not get my my belief system from Babylon. I will get it solely from the word of God. And this is our opportunity to really allow God to be glorified. In verse 48 and 9, it says, Then the king appointed Daniel to a high position. And gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel ruler over the whole providence of Babylon as well as chief over all the wise men. At Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the providence of Babylon while Daniel remained in the king's court. Okay, do you see the story? In the very beginning, we were talking about Daniel's going to be dead. They are going to kill Daniel. And now we are closing the chapter with now Daniel is the second in charge. How did this happen? Because Daniel served a different king. See, we have to be careful with trying to to, to create our own promotion and trying to create our own lives because Daniel simply submitted himself to the true king and in that he faced death And in the same chapter, he faced promotion. Daniel did not do this for promotion. Daniel just got promotion because of how he lived his life. And I want to close with this. Is that you can be in a godless world, corporation, family, and still see God. 
that you being in a godless world does not define your destiny. You living in a godless system, a godless world, a godless family does not define your purpose. Amen? If y'all could stand with me this morning as we close. Babylon needs you. It is so important for you to leave this place knowing Babylon needs you. Babylon needs the faith that you have. Babylon needs the love that you have. Babylon needs the wisdom and compassion that you have. Babylon needs the supernatural God that lives within you. And I challenge you that as you leave this place, that you will not forget that as you go into a world that may reject you and may resist you, needs you. And what we can do is we have two options. We can say, fine, if you don't need me, I'm out. Or we can say, you know what, I know you need me. I'm going to embrace the persecution so that you can see the king that I know. This is our time to shine, church. This is our time to be the church, to love people who we would not normally want to love. And love them well. Amen? Father, if you if that's you, this... I feel like we just need to stretch our hands to heaven for a moment and just say, God, I want to be able to to give this world, the Babylon, the spirit of Babylon, this God that I serve. God, help me live my life with boldness and courage and wisdom. God, help us in in this day and age that we're living in, the season that we're living, God, that the church would not be shut down, God, that the the church would begin to rise up, that the Spirit of God within us, God, would begin to speak truth, would begin to speak with wisdom, would begin to speak with insight. Father, I pray for different people who are going to have business meetings and have conversations this week, God, that you would begin to function and flow through them, God, that you would give them insight, God, that you would begin to give give them supernatural abilities, God. God, let this not just be something that we preach about on Sunday, God. Let this be something that we live out Monday through Sunday, God. Let this be something that we are connected to every single day, God. Father, we need your supernatural power. We need your supernatural wisdom, God. We're asking you, God, right now, in this moment, fill us, God, with yourself. Give us your wisdom, God. Give us your spirit. That where we may be be tending to to, to respond in fear and panic, God, that there would be a faith that would rise up in us, God, and we would seek your face, and your face would come and speak and answer. We love you, God. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. There's anybody in here under the sound of my voice that you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Maybe you've prayed the prayer. It was just simply a prayer and it was never a life change. It was never an embracing of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And this morning you say, I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. If that's you this morning, if you would, just slip your hand up real quick. And I just want to pray with you this morning. You say, that's me. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else this morning says, that's me. Thank you for that hand. Come on, somebody. That's amazing. Thank you for that hand. Come on. 
Come on, this is what it's all about. Come on, if you would, pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe you, Jesus, died for those very sins, rose again on the third day. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, transform my life from the inside out. Lord, I want to ask God, reveal the destiny and the purpose you have for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you raise your hand, we'll have ushers. They'll have a book for you. It'll help you walk out the journey of Jesus. And uh, this is what it's all about, church. We are honored to do life with you and to do church with you. We love you.